everyone, welcome back to Marvelous Geeks. I'm Gisani Sophia, and it's been the longest time ever. It's 2020, we're in the middle of a pandemic, we're on lockdown, but I'm here with Jenna again. Hello. And we're gonna talk about something that we've been wanting to talk about since October. Or September, I don't even know, it feels like the longest time. Probably end of September, October, right? Yeah. Sounds about right. We're here to talk about Sanditon. And it. what is Sanditon, Jenna? Well, Sanditon happens to be a lovely seaside resort in England with regattas, balls, and also an unfinished work of Jane Austen. This is true. <laughs> sea bathing is involved, but it is a happily ever after. No, no, it isn't. And that's essentially the ache we need to talk about is why Sanditon needs a renewal and why everybody and their mother that we know needs to watch this show. Yes, it deserves it. It deserves all the views and it needs to come back to give these characters what they deserve. Absolutely. First things first, before we get into Sanditon as a TV show, we need to talk about the fandom. They call themselves the Sanditon... No, see, I always get so tongue-tied when I say this. The Sanditon Sisterhood. And if that's not the most adorable fandom name, I, I don't know what is. I love it. It just brings on that camaraderie because it is a great fandom. It is. It's Jenna and I have been around for a very long time in fandom. I'm nearing... 10 years with Marvelous Geeks. I might have already hit the mark. I have no idea. I, I probably have. But, uh... Yeah, good lord. I think it's 10 years because I started, like, getting into Tumblr and stuff with Tangled, and that's 10 years as well. There you go. So we've we've been around in different fandoms. We... And we've seen some ugly things. We've... Ugh. We don't talk about the yeah. things we've seen. We've also been around for two cancellations that have resulted in renewals. So we've been involved in a lot when it comes to fandom. But I have never in all the 10 years ever seen a fandom as dedicated, as beautifully loud, as kind as the Sanditon Sisterhood. Like... Every single time I'm floored by what they come up with, how fiercely they promote the show and just let them be in charge of marketing because the marketing department is not even doing the, the amount of work that they are. <laughs> no, you can tell the fans are, have done so much more. And I remember even saying to you uh, a few months back now, because I was have been so busy and I'm like, oh, like I hope. People are still talking about Sanditon. I'm like, I feel like I should tweet, even though I'm hardly on Twitter at the moment. And you were saying how, oh, don't worry about it. They're loud. They're vocal still. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. thank God. Like, they're, they're still going strong. And it amazes me because so frequently people do give up, which is understandable when you constantly get the nose and the just, you're left hopeless. But they're... They're going hard, and they've gotten the attention of Amazon Prime. 
which has renewed from a cancellation on a different channel. So Jenna and I both watched The Expanse, which was originally on Sci-Fi, and Amazon picked it up when it was canceled. So this is very possible. That's that that was a bad sentence, but it's it possible. And Amazon of all companies has the money. Let's be real. This would be yes. Even if it was like 10 people wanting it, you lose nothing. By it's giving. a drop in the bucket to them. I mean, really. It, it is. Not to get into financial stuff, but it really is. Like, for Amazon, this would be nothing. And it would make viewers likely to tune in. And it would also be much easier because not many people have cable nowadays because everything is available on streaming. And yeah, we know. I know so many people who don't have cable anymore. And they I just don't go, stick with streaming. Yeah, I don't have cable anymore. Right. So, streaming, and even like when we both will tell people about it, it's I'm I always have to warn them like, oh well, it doesn't have a great ending. Like I would hate yeah. to like, you know, not warn someone that like that because I didn't go in. Like I wish I knew, but part of me also doesn't because yeah. I wouldn't have watched it then, and it is so good. But how many more people would watch a show knowing that it gets the classic Jane Austen ending? It's It would at least double, triple the numbers. Exactly. And the thing with a show like Sanditon is you're not going into something like Game of Thrones or, I don't know, any other drama, fantasy drama, or some kind of sci-fi drama where you can expect ambiguity and you can expect heartaches. You're going into a Jane Austen film, which granted, she never got to complete Sanditon as a novel, but her stories in the past have a pattern. There is not a single Jane Austen story that does not end with the hero and the heroine finding their way to each other and longingly holding hands from a distance. Like... It doesn't happen. It's it is no. That's part of the pattern. People read or watch Jane Austen to enter a different time, to be happy, to just romanticize the past, and for romance. So exactly, and we we read a lot of historical romance. So fun fact, Jenna and I have just a little bit, just a, just a teeny bit, teeny tiny bit. Enough that we have a book club. <laughs> You should tell them. Yes. You should tell them our book club name. Our our book club's name is the London Literary and Cranberry Orange Scone Society. Perfect. Hopefully, Mind everyone you. gets the reference. I feel yeah. like I messed that up. No, you didn't. It's, okay, great. It's it it it's from the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. That was our inspiration. Mind you, we both live in the states. Yes, we do not live. In London, but but we if like you couldn't to couldn't tell by our accents. Of course, we like to pretend well, so, we do. Yes, well, so many of the books take place in London. Also, like I wish I could live in London, and so it works. Give me afternoon tea and talking to people from a distance. It's what we're doing here anyway nowadays. Exactly, so. a very great distance for us too. So. Exactly. So we we do read we've read a lot of historical romance and that's the pattern and granted Austen is the queen of historical romance and she's and I will 
always say this, but I, I prefer Austin to any other female writer of her time. She's just always been my favorite as an, an English major. And this is her pattern. This is what romance is driven by. It's getting to that place of a happy ending is pulling the hero and the heroine through hell and high water and dragging them through the mud or in this case the ocean wherever it is and but in the end they end up together not yeah when people exactly like when people want to read or watch romance they we all know what we want at the end exactly you know you know where that's gonna lead it's a comfort thing Absolutely. If I want to watch an angsty romance, I'll turn to something on, I don't know, Hulu or Netflix. I'll, I'll watch something like Normal People, where you know it's not, eh, no spoilers, but you know, like serious things that you understand the ambiguous ending and you understand why things fall apart. But with historical romance, it does not make sense. It's supposed to be happy. Period. And... This story, as you all know, because I imagine that most of the people listening to this will be Sanditon fans, is not happy. And I have 99 problems with this. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's sad that, you know, like sometimes you can't trust TV. And it's like, like you said, you go, you're going to go into certain shows knowing what you're going to get. So it's like, it's sad to, you think you know what you're getting with this show. And then at the end, they they left it. Like, if I if they knew they were absolutely getting a season two, then absolutely, fine. But not knowing, and then sad. Exactly. Sad. And that's the thing that as, as writers today, I feel like we get more cancellations than we get renewals because so much goes into production and the, there's so much revenue involved. And just, it's... It's a shit show. The film industry, TV industry is is a mess. We all know this. But I I don't understand this level of confidence, I suppose. I knowing how much knowing that the plug can be pulled any minute without warning. I just I don't understand how writers can't do a quick alternate ending. But yeah. We have hope. It's fine. I've held on I for eight hope. years for, for, for Steve and Peggy from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I can hold on. I don't have a problem holding on. Yeah, no, I'll hold on hope. But I have had cannons. Exactly. But, but I hate the fact that watching this show, I have to stop it at... I'm gonna Probably like it. three quarters of the way through, right? Yeah. The last episode. Yeah, not even... Well, you know what? They did release that, that deleted kiss uh before he leaves to figure things out for tom so yes, i would probably now stop it there and then go watch that clip and like yeah, done I, I had rewatched it recently and i didn't watch the last episode until just on what was it tuesday yeah. because i was like oh i need to finish it for that but i was i was perfectly happy leaving it at episode seven but i had to finish it obviously before this podcast but you mean episode seven just... when sydney has a conversation with charlotte <laughs> that she's not a part of what are you talking about? She said so many things in the last two seconds of that episode. He didn't so just things. run away and and claim to have had a full-on conversation with her? I mean, she kind of responded with her eyes, but it was still all dumbstruck because, I mean, I mean, really, who would have expected all that to come out of his mouth at this point? 
That and oh, Sanditon is so. I, I I did hear a lot of things in the beginning about how it doesn't feel true to Austin and it doesn't feel as historically accurate because of some of the things that happen. However, Austin heroes and heroines have this thing where they just they make a grand confession and then they run away without letting the other person yes give their two cents. So I think that's fantastic. But I yes. And we the first podcast you and I actually did together was an entire Jane Austen universe podcast where we talked about right. our favorites and books, characters, quotes, etc. So has anything changed because of Sanditon? Because for me it has. Yeah. I yeah. What for me has changed? as well. Was it one of our questions was the uh which was your favorite love declaration? And I know yours how do you feel about that, Gisani? Oh, I feel like I'm cheating on nightly every <laughs> second of the day. <laughs> because, oh, well, here's the thing. If we're talking novel, technically, it, it's still nightly. Nightly's, if I loved you less, I might be able to talk about it more. It takes the crown. It is... It, the weight of those words is just too profound for human understanding, which is why it's so fantastic. But... In the film TV verse, I would have to choose that I've never wanted to put myself in someone else's power before because, Oops. oh boy, I could it's write true, my though, dissertation like, on that. Those are those are some very very strong words, especially for the time. Especially for and the you know, yeah, and even though you know, I know there are the complaints that it isn't as true, like you said, but. Even if that is a little bit more modern in some respects, even like that confession, but like you can't deny the fact that like all of Jane Austen's heroes and heroines, they they do like they love each other. They're partners. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they're on the same level. They're it's, like, it's it's great. It's a beautiful declaration. And that's what it comes down to: is this idea of love being a partnership between two equals, not an inferior and, I don't know, they're anything. Women, contrary to the fact that back in the days they really did not have a say in much and, you know, there's not a lot they could do. But when these men fell in love, and in any of the novels that we've read, when it comes to historical romance and relationships, we all and maybe this is what we gravitate towards, but we have the men that that just completely succumb to this woman's strength and just everything that the woman is. Equality, I think, is something that people like to argue a lot, but I feel like it's something that's been there from the from the beginning of time. If you have two people that respect each other, you're gonna be equals to them. Yes, sure, maybe the man will have more say in certain things because he understands. I don't know more about estates and things like that, but for the most part, women... Hello, who raises these men? Women. Yeah. And it's all, like, too, the different types of, like, of society and the his, his, whatever point in time we are in history. Like, yeah what's going to happen and how that dynamic is, but it's like, it's still there. I Absolutely. Hope, you know? And with, see, the thing is, 
with Jane Austen, she she knew what she was doing when she created these women that would take these men and essentially effortlessly turn their worlds upside down and make them better. Yeah. Because they each did that, with the exception of maybe, I want to say, I feel like Emma and Knightley are... I might be blanking and there might be more, but I feel like Emma and Knightley are the only two that really start off in a grounded place where the two of them have a relationship already established despite the fact that it's not romantic but they they know each other better than anybody else does so that but with pride and prejudice with uh persuasion with northanger abbey it's and sanditon now there's that establishment comes from a woman who who's unlike anything the man has ever met before and that's the case with Charlotte and Sydney. She, from the very beginning, she just has him. She has him in a glass case of emotions, or me potentially, but I would say he's there as well. Yeah, and it's great how their whole relationship, the development it goes on there from the first episode to the last episode. It's brilliant. It's great. There's the longing. There's the angst. And you see, (laughs) you see the changes and how they affect each other, both in a very positive way. Mm. And granted, there are some times where, especially when Sydney gets mad, that it's like, oh, okay, all right, chill out. I don't know if I could handle that, but Charlotte can, and she gives it right back to him. And that's why they're so good together. Exactly. And so that brings me to... The precious angel boy that is James Stringer. And <laughs> if this man does not find the happiness that he deserves, you had a headcanon. That I, I just came up with a headcanon yesterday that I would be all for would be Stringer and Georgiana. Like, Stringer, he's a bit more level head. He's, like, more mature because Georgiana definitely does need to grow up a little bit. And what she went through clearly is going to make her... Like, you know, is forcing her to grow up a bit more, which is, you know, you wish that these things don't happen to make someone grow up. But, like, I think that they could potentially be a very cute couple. If not, I want them both to find happiness, though, because she deserves it after the whole Otis fiasco. And he deserves it because he's so sweet and he deserves someone to make him happy, too. He's so cute. And heartache is the ultimate. There's nothing to make a human being grow the way that heartache can. So which they've both experienced technically in different ways. Yes. And maybe Stringer's because as much as I think he cares for Charlotte, I don't think he was ever like fully in love with her. No. And I but think, I do think that could push him regardless if it wasn't like full on. Yeah. And they both understand the loss of a father. They both understand kind of feeling trapped in a, in where they are. Neither of them want to be where they are. Right yeah, now? neither one of them want to be in Sanditon, really, because exactly. he was going to go to London, and she wants to go back to London. Exactly. And the thing is, like, Stringer is perfect. If In in the real world, as much as when I read historical romance or watch it, I'm always like, oh my god, the reformed Drake, hard eyes, hard eyes, like, oh, heart absolutely. pounding. They are my everything. But in real life, these type of guys, I, I would just be like, no, bye. It, yep. 
That would be me as well. Exactly. In real life, I I want Stringer because, however, here's the thing. With, with Sydney, what makes it a little bit different is they have the opportunity to communicate more. And so because of the fact that she's basically living in his brother's home. But if yeah. they didn't, I feel like that would just be, I would be like, with like even with Darcy, I would just be annoyed beyond words with this man. Like, get him yes. out of my face. Who do you think you are? But it's that they are forced together. Yeah, that like it, it's like it's like the universe saying like you two belong together. Like you like figure it out type of thing. Where it's like you know were that the situation for either one of us? It, like in real life, I'm sure it would be very different. But if like you see this person and you don't have the opportunity to see them again then obviously you're going to write them off. Exactly. But it is like these situations that keep getting them together and grow and change together and, you know, just make them realize things about each other and themselves and life in general. It's what brings it to happen. Exactly. Makes it happen. So, and essentially with, but I do, despite the fact that, you know, I, I have this viewpoint, I am always for the couples that challenge each other. And I, Enemies to lovers is a trope that needs to be done really well in order for it to be something that's shippable. Is that even yes. a word or is that a word that we just... It's it's a word now. <laughs> if it wasn't before. It's, yeah, I don't know. It, it has to be a word, word, oh God, in this universe. Anyway, in order for it to be something that people can root for and something that people can see goodness in, it has to be done right. And I think with Sydney and Charlotte, it is done right because that change. Sydney's a very jaded man. And so much of his brooding angst comes from the fact that he has been tossed and turned and just broken into God knows how many pieces. Because you can clearly see, based on the fact that he's never wanted to put someone <laughs> full power, words, what are they? Um, that he is a man who falls hard. And so I just imagine how much harder he fell for Charlotte after what Eliza put him through and after the potential that she came back and she wanted him, but he was like, nope, not going there. He had that heartache and it affected him and he overcame it and fell in love with her. And like, I can't imagine how much he loves him because... I really can't either. Sometimes I think about it and I just, I need to lay down and cry about it. <laughs> I need to. But because this is, and to, to get into other characters, Tom is not the kind of man that values his wife as his equal. He loves his wife. He is loyal to his wife. There, We all know that he wouldn't do anything to intentionally hurt her. But... Does Tom look to Mary and say, that's my equal and that's the woman I want to help me with everything? No. If he did, he would not be in the mess that he is in and neither would we and everyone would be happy. So the problem comes down to Tom always. (laughs) But Sydney is a type of man, if the roles were reversed and he was in charge of building the town and everything, that he would absolutely confide in Charlotte because he trusts her. He sees... All of who she is, which is a woman raised by a man to essentially take care of everyone and everything. 
Yeah, I also do think he would have bought insurance. He would what? He would have bought insurance. Oh, yeah, maybe. Hello, <laughs> who doesn't want freaking insurance? I, I stupid Tom. <laughs> oh, Tom. But no, you're right, because they do. He really does love each other. I do like that you get to see a bit of their development where he does, you can tell he starts to view her more as an equal Absolutely. towards the end of the season. Yeah. But I agree where it's like they don't have as much as an equal relationship as Sydney and Charlotte would have. Absolutely. And I also think that that equality would be something that would also be present with Stringer if they were ever to get in a relationship. However, the difference being that I feel like Stringer and Charlotte are both so good and so pure and neither of them have really sort of, I feel like, been forced out of their shells. Thus, they would not be able to challenge one another in the way that I feel like couples should challenge one another. And that requires arguing and, you know, disagreeing on things, but coming to that mutual ground respectfully and at the end of the day, understanding one another in a way nobody else can. And sometimes that's best with opposites, sadly. Uh, You would think that two people who are exactly alike would be able to kind of find that middle ground. But I strongly believe that that would have been so difficult with Stringer because that, that element of a challenge would be absent with them. Yeah, I feel like if... Because it all really also comes down to the writing, where it's like, I feel like if they did want to make that work, they could have, but the yeah. story is Sydney and Charlotte. Yeah. You know, from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, but I agree where it's like, there's just, like, they could be a very cute couple, but again, like, the writing's there, and it's Sydney and Charlotte are the ones that force each other to be better people. Mm-hmm. And while they are opposites, they do share a lot in common. Yeah. And there's just, there's like the perfect balance with them. They are both stupidly stubborn. <laughs> that they are. They both can be arrogant. They both love their families. They both they both love hard. Like you can yeah. tell that they don't do anything in halves. They when they say they'll be there, they'll be there and they both needed each other to to grow. And even Charlotte as much as she was a heroine unlike any other she needed to grow because she she could make rash uh, judgments and she could look at someone and you know misunderstand them and misunderstand the entire situation. I feel like she needed Sydney to sort of level that uh, observe like level the observations that she was making. And yes, he of course could have done it better, but yeah, enemies to lovers, right? He's he he has a lot of work. We. He did, he had a lot of work to do. And I get it. He's very protective of his family. Yeah. But. Which, uh, if it was her, if the roles were reversed and he said anything about her family, we know she would throw bricks too. Oh, she absolutely would have. Which is why they make a good team. Exactly. And they deserve to make a team. Which is what's so frustrating because of how easy this could have all been. Like, you're yeah. telling me. That if Lady Susan was in the picture and Charlotte told her what happened, that she would be like, oh, I'm sorry, that's really tragic. No! She'd be like, excuse me? What? Yeah. Come with me. Yeah. Get the carriage. We're going to, I don't know, maybe she'd get the Prince Regent involved. Who knows? 
But she would take the money and she'd be like, wedding present, you can pay it back. I don't need insurance. I trust you, period. Marry her. Eliza, go away. Nobody likes you. Please. <laughs> like, and if they did get a second season, I sincerely hope they wouldn't drag out the Sydney and Eliza thing too yeah. long because that's just, we already had so much angst with them, even yeah. for them to get together. Exactly. So, and now it's like, all right, have a mountain more of angst. So, like, if we got a second season, even if we just got a movie, I'd be so happy. But, like, I would need them to, like, not have Eliza not be in the picture after about, like, at most halfway through. Mm-hmm. And then have them get back to a place of trust. Yeah. And because, like, they have, like, I would be scared. Like, anytime he left, how, how could you not be, like, worried about anything happening? Or exactly. You, you don't know. So I personally would love to see... Also, I don't want them going too far with Sydney and Eliza because then I feel like it's just so overdone. Mm-hmm. That whole trope of exes coming back and then them working it out. And it's like, I don't want to see that. I want to see Sydney and Charlotte. Yeah, I also, I don't want to see adultery either, which I don't think no. they'll do. But I don't want to see anything like that. Even if it's a kiss, I don't want to see it. And I don't want a baby in the picture. No. I'm having timeless flashbacks. Yeah, I ideally would not want Sydney to go through with the marriage. That's what I... Sorry, I just literally pictured Tom in my head and how excited he was, and I got really pissed off all over again. Yeah, it's like Tom should have a little bit of better understanding what's going on in his brother's head. But you know what? Men, do they talk to each other? Sometimes. But... Not really. Not these brothers, apparently. But how do you... You know, it is funny, because they do have some good conversations together. They and do. And yet, he still doesn't realize. Like, if this was my brother, and this woman who broke him came back, and maybe it is because I'm a woman, I'd be like, uh, no. Make her yeah, grovel. Like, oh, oh, hell or no. I would hope that if the roles were reversed, and it was my ex, that my friends and my sisters and anyone who loves me would be like, no, 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 no. Are you sure about this? Hello, wait, do you remember the trauma you went through? Tom was just yeah. like, hey, I get my town. Yay, I care about nothing else. And I would like to strangle him now. I, I do wish, too, that as noble as it is of Sydney to do this for his family, like, he's doing it for Tom and the town, but he's breaking a, <laughs> the heart of the woman he loves. And also... The woman who tried so hard to help the town as well. Yeah. Where and I do feel like if Tom did realize about Sydney and Charlotte, he would not have pushed for it. I would hope, but I almost wish that like Sydney was like, you know what, like she's more important. Yeah. Than but- the town because it really comes down to the town. Yes, it's his brother's venture. But they could figure out something else. But Mary knew, and that's another thing that I'm just like, uh, what? What? I I don't understand what's happening. Eh. Yeah, because then this is where it goes into the territory of, like, some not-so-great cliches of TV. Yeah. And why I don't trust TV, because it's like, it almost, again, I understand, but I feel like it was just, let's do this so we can have another season, or let's just give more angst. And again, like, it could, they could make something great, and please, give me something great. I Then I will have no complaints, but... To do, pull something like that, it's like, oh my god, like, I'm sad. I don't want to watch this. And yeah, and we've talked about subverting expectations before and how every TV writer wants to do that and 
blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get that. I, I understand it, but I don't want, but subverting expectations, and I'm pretty sure we're not alone in this, but with something back to what we we're saying about like Georgiana and um, I was going to say Leo. What's his name? Leo Stringer. is the actor's name. Stringer. Stringer. Jesus. Stringer. Um, with Georgiana and Stringer. That would be subverting expectations essentially because uh, interracial marriage was not legalized. Cool. Subvert my expectations in that way. I don't need historical accuracy. I just need happiness and I need fairness and I need goodness. So yeah, subvert Although, my expectations wait, that way. Was it was it illegal be, in Britain because of her parents? She's biracial. Oh, was it? Wait, yeah, so wait, I don't. Wasn't it like eighteen? I know it was eighteen something, but how? But we're talking. I, we're in Regency right now because the Prince Regent right. is there. But even in, for what I remember seeing when I, like, had Wikipedia Sanditon, they said that she was biracial. Yeah. So I wonder, man, I don't know. But regardless, like, that is something less done. So Yeah, so like, let's say time, if it wasn't, I then. See that. Exactly. Or even then, again, uh, something uh, to subvert our expectations, again, giving Arthur the happiness that he deserves. Now that would be great, too. Yeah. Now, that, that was definitely illegal. So, but. I think it's safe to assume that everyone understood that Arthur is not straight. So, yeah. that, if you want to subvert my expectations with that and go, ha, 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 history out the door, I'd be like, blessed be. Love this. Absolutely. But to subvert my expectations when you just completely take the rug and rip it out under people, that's, that's, that's yeah. not okay. And that's something that I feel like we don't need, I, I want writers to understand that most readers would prefer casual intimacy over drama and angst and plot. Just 90% of people watch shows for the characters. And if you're going to watch something for the plot, then it has to be perfectly and meticulously executed so that it doesn't ever run its course. Like, it comes to its ending where it's supposed to. Yeah. I also just feel like it's um, it's hard to, because I feel like so much in this industry, it's so driven by um, how many numbers, how many viewers. Yeah. And it's hard, especially like when we already said that, you know, so many people stream now. But it's like, I also wonder how many times, like, networks and stuff be like, do something crazy to make this show last longer or something like that. And it's like, it hurts the core of the story. Mm -hmm. And as an artist, we're both, we both want to do entertain, be in the entertainment industry. And it's like, I wouldn't want to do anything like that. I would want to yeah. make sure that I'm taking care of my story at the end of the day. But I understand that it's still a business. So it's, it's hard because you're making a business out of art and stories. And it's like, you're playing with people's emotions and, it really is up to the professionals to say to take what they've gotten from audiences because I do think it is very important to show your work because you absolutely can be yeah. missing something um and yes there are people that are, know the industry know the business and do know the right things to do but there is still it's just a balancing act is really what it comes down to and mm. you just have to try to make the right smart and best decision for your characters and your show right and again, this is something that's been established. So I think that's where the frustration essentially comes from is the fact yes. that 
it's it's honoring legacy. Yes, and it's not. Yeah, it's honoring Jane Austen's legacy, and it's not doing that no. as well as it should. And the thing is, it comes from creators who have done it in the past. It's not like it's a new creator who just decided, "Hey, I want to take on Austen." No. Right. Andrew Davies and his team know what they're doing because they've done Northanger Abbey and the 1995 Pride and Prejudice, which honor right. Austin's legacy beautifully. Those are two of my favorites. So they know what they're doing, and it's frustrating that, again, and I don't blame them because the network is essentially the problem in this situation. But And I also do understand if they did have like the goal of wanting to create an Austin mm. series and having it go beyond just one yeah. season I appreciate that but I almost wish that they got the proper go ahead Yeah, because I don't know if Jane Austen would make that decision to throw that in that you know the uh, Sydney and Eliza being together exactly. if she would have done that exactly so, so that's the issue it's I, essentially there could have been a better way to make it their second season or yeah. something the network is the problem. We blame the network. I will always blame the networks. But and uh, also though, always, always quality over quantity. Yes. Every day of the week, every day of the year, decade, century. Yes. As much as cuz even with comedies, which I feel like comedy is the only genre where it's easy to go on and on and you don't really lose much. But right. even like with once something's established the proper right way, if you have to give it that base that will let the characters yeah. go wherever. But if you have an end game in mind, don't drag it out. Yeah. Like unnecessarily. I, as much as I would have loved the good place to continue, I'm happy it ended where it ended because it gave us one of the best series finales ever. Same Absolutely. with Shits Creek, same with Parks and Rec. I love those shows, but when it drags on sometimes, even if it's easy, even if it's a genre you can play with more, it's still, yeah. it loses its specialty, I, I suppose, whenever it's dragged on. And with a drama especially, it is the most dangerous to try to drag something on because people are going to get tired. I say this Absolutely. as someone that devoted nine years of her life to One Tree Hill. Nine you know years. Else? Yeah, even like, you know, Galavant, like they did get renewed for that second season mm -hmm. and they still did it well. They had like the one cliffhanger, but they knew that they were lucky even to get a second yeah. season. And it was, I loved it. That was, even Agent Carter, I think, did a fantastic job with that second season. Third, they did. They would did. have been they great. They just had the one cliffhanger again. Well, actually, they have a few different threads. That I that show was just the writing everything they had so much they could have worked with. It's yeah. still a shame that that got canceled. Yeah, and so much of the great shows that we've watched that have been canceled, like Agent Carter and Timeless and Pan Am, that all has to do with how expensive the shows have been, which is so heartbreaking. That period dramas are so expensive because they're so beautiful. They almost don't even deserve to be on TV. That's yeah. And I wish that more people would watch it, but I also don't, like we, we've been saying, we don't blame people for not watching it. I know so many people that refuse to watch Sanditon because of the ending, because they can't stomach it, especially yeah. today. Like I said, we're in the middle of a pandemic. People want to be happy. No one wants to watch something that's going to crush them. And Sanditon crushes you. I, 
I cannot tell you guys how many times I'll listen to uh, Sydney and Charlotte dance and just tears streaming down my face. And you know what else too? And we were saying this, like, if like if there was a second season that gave the characters the ending they deserve, mm-hmm. the classic Jane Austen ending, I know at least two people who would watch it right away. And that's just me. I know you know more. Yeah, I and think I know like, about like five, and, six. Yeah, the whole fandom can find more people to tell about this show that the numbers would be much bigger. So if Amazon did decide to do that, I bet that they would actually have a pretty, pretty big following because they, period, I feel like there's a weird balance with period dramas. They are so big, but they're still like the fan base is all over the place. Yeah, it's still, I feel like period dramas are very niche, but they're also not. It's, Yes, it's a very strange dichotomy. It is. It's not like sci-fi where you're like, no, this has a... Sci-fi and fantasy, I feel like, really are niche genres. And not many people who don't love them come into it. It, I feel like Game of Thrones is the exception. But for the most part... Like, I, I can't recommend The Expanse to almost everyone. Like... I have maybe two friends that I know will love it. Everyone else, I'm like, that's, you're not, it's not gonna, you're not gonna vibe with it. But right. I feel like period dramas, there's something about them that even if you don't particularly love the genre, you'll give it a go. And especially with streaming, I say this personally, my mother um, and a lot of our parents maybe are technologically challenged. So... <laughs> But my mom, she, you know, she uses my Amazon and my Netflix and stuff like that. And she'll randomly scroll and just watch things. So I feel like scrolling is much easier for the adults that don't really, they don't know much, but they know how to click play. And so that's why I feel like it'll also draw more people in because you don't have to sign any weird um, additional username and sign in with your cable provider you just have to click it and watch like the amount of shows that my mom has watched that i haven't even heard of because she just saw it and she liked the picture and she was like oh this looks good so it could draw more people in not to mention the fact that there's a petition out there that has over fifty-five thousand, if i'm not mistaken was it sixty-five thousand? it could be but if every single one of those people that signed, if they just got one other person to watch the show, that's amazing. Just one yeah. other person. But I guarantee that they can find more than one. And I guarantee... Yeah, and that's the other problem with if you put all your, like, if you're just looking at social media. Yeah. Because casual viewership is much higher. And mm-hmm. casual fans, and that's another issue with paying with too much attention to social media where it's like that is a select group of people Mm -hmm. there's also way more people out there who have probably watched it or would want to watch it yeah that they might i don't know if they're thinking about that because of the numbers right i don't know how many people watch pbs because you know like if they don't have cable anymore like can you still watch it if you don't have cable Mm -hmm. like i don't know how it works i know so many women that watch Sanditon, but they're not on social media. Yeah. I can give you at least 10 if I'm not mistaken. So that's they're a, out that's there. That's a lot. Like, and, and if you, that's just you. Think about everyone else too. Right. So. 
Amazon Prime, please help us. You're our only hope. Help us, Obi-Wan. <laughs> exactly. And again, Amazon could do this. They could. They could. They have the money. Let's be real. It's. I feel like Amazon at this point, is, when it comes to streaming, is not as known as Netflix, but I do feel like they're more powerful. They do have more money. Money, they... please. Just... Just, just give us Sanditon, please. And, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I just want the happy ending because you think about that dance and I, I can't, we can't end this without talking about that dance because that dance dance. owns my heart and soul. It is my favorite slow dance ever that I've watched. I don't know. I might just like. It's one of the best dances. I might just have that be my wedding dance. I don't know. I love it. It's so... I support that. Powerful. And... Words. What are they? Like, the first time I watched it, I was just stunned. It... There... The expressiveness. And then... The happiness. Just... The changes in their facial expressions. You wrote about this, but like the change from the beginning of the dance to the end, it's like it's palpable. And their joy, like them just having fun together mm-hmm. during that dance, it's infectious. Not to be dramatic, but I walked away from that article multiple times because I just couldn't anymore. Like <laughs> I was like, I have way too many feelings right now, and I was like, I can't do this. Like. <laughs> It's so overwhelming. And that score, my God, just uh, round of applause for Ruth Barrett because that score was magic. Like when it's playing, I can see the dance in front of me. I don't even need to watch it. When the second it starts playing, I can see it. Maybe that says I've watched it way too many times. No, it's not. No. No number is too much. But still, the the progression from this slow, almost somber melody to something quicker and happier, and then you, you can see them and just how much they help each other without even trying. Like, just being in the other's presence is everything. And it's healing, and it's cathartic, and it's... He doesn't want to dance with anybody else. Like, he just wanted to dance with her. And he... And she, he, she was more than equal to any woman in that room when she felt like she wasn't because she's not part of London society and, uh, you know, the town and all that jazz. She's a, she's a girl who lived on a farm and went out and got her family food. She, this isn't her scene, but not only does he make her feel safe, but he just he makes sure that she knows that she she doesn't that no one stands a chance to her and i just i i i have so many feelings yeah i have way just, too many just feelings just a few just way. a few feelings too much <laughs> i it, i can't and slow dances in period dramas are the best because that eye contact is just and lingering hands oof the it, it it's magic. Like, is there anything more powerful than lingering hands? No, no, there is not. No, I might have to rewatch Emma. I and, did just rewatch Pride and Prejudice. An eye contact that can kill. Like, you can 
feel it in your bones for crying out loud. I did. I just, and yeah, like I said, I feel like I'm cheating on nightly because right now, if you asked me who my favorite period drama man is, I'd have to go with Sydney Parker and I just, I don't know who I am anymore. But he's just, he's on another level. He really is. He, I, I can't, I don't, um, he did good. He he really did. Like his character growth is fantastic because he doesn't. And I have this thing where if a man is just good to you, is he really a good person or even a woman like anybody? If they're just nice to you, that's not, that doesn't prove that they're a good person. It's when they fall in love with you and that goodness is spread to other people, which with Sydney it is because of Charlotte. He tr- he's trying to understand Georgiana and her struggle more, and he's trying to be more present in her life and to to even make her feel safe enough. Granted, right. he would never do anything to hurt her, but I feel like with Sydney, he he didn't listen to anybody before no. he met Charlotte. It was just whatever's in his brain. I don't care about anything else. It's just it's just me and my buddies and smoking and the bar and whatever like but after charlotte his grace and his kindness was extended to everybody else and that that's the showcase of somebody going through tremendous growth is spreading that everywhere and right and that's something i would love to see in a second season yeah. him and georgiana's relationship be worked mm. on and like him be a good guardian and mm. her like come to really appreciate him yeah because there's a lot there. And then the same with, I feel like, hopefully, I want to see, we, we've talked so much about Sydney and Charlotte and everybody, but yeah. I want to see that same kind of growth with Esther. Because yes. I love them. She, she's been through a lot, and we she can't has. blame her for not even wanting Babington. But I feel like coming to a place where she understands that she is appreciated and she is loved by somebody that does not want to control her. Somebody that, that is more than happy to give her the reins that she, it's another great, like, I like that definitely more modern take on like, I don't want to own you. Like, yes. I, I just want to be with you. He wants yes. a companion and he just wants to give her like a environment that she can flourish and become better. Like, exactly. And I firmly believe that those men were out there even back in the days, even when people yes. were not talking about feminism and equality. I feel like those men were still out there because there are men that I'm sure watched their mother struggle and understood that hey, this is not how it should be and I'm I'm sure they were there probably much fewer than few numbers. Yeah. But I'm sure they were still there. And I always appreciate when film and television gives us that side. Because we still need it. We still need people to be inspired by this and understand that this basic human right that women should be treated equally is a thing that everyone wants. And yes, I love that about Babington because Esther was so easy to care about despite how awful she was that he... I want to see the growth that she extends towards other people. And I want to see her and Charlotte be friends. And I want to see her and Lady Denham and how their relationship, just, that's all a disaster. Yeah, but all those relationships, I absolutely want to see all of that growth. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, yeah. And I love that they show that he, that Babington is a more sensitive 
man because like mm-hmm. that's another thing like you don't see that as much yeah so that is definitely something that Jane Austen has in her books yeah so that's like does. another another she good does. facet that they brought over and it's great that he also gets love that it's not just one way yes. so that was and their relationship is also something that I re- I loved writing about them because they also made me very emotional I didn't expect to like them as much as I did yeah especially I think it was after the first time he proposes that's one of the prettiest proposal scenes ever. Where is that place? Because I I want to go there. I know. It was beautiful. And, you know, while not giving up is something that potentially could result in people believing that there's not a respective agency there, I feel like his persistence was never toxic and it was never... You know, he never went beyond what she allowed. It was always just, no. I'm still here. And he here. backed off. Yeah. He did, and then Lady Denim brought him back. But there, that's another thing, again, with this show that I really appreciate, and I, I know so many other women will appreciate if they watch it, is that most of these men, if not all of them, respect agency. And with Stringer and Charlotte especially, he he would have been more than happy to have her on his team and like train her on architecture and have her basically yeah. manage them. He would have... I don't think he'd have any objections to that. And Sydney later when he understands and when he learns, I'm sure that he, he already does respect her agency so much and her words so much that there's nothing more powerful than that because it just, it allows for a beautiful partnership that you really can't find in many, many, many series. I want to say, like I said, I can hold on for years. Oh, I'll hold on. Amazon thinks they can get rid of me. Yo, I <laughs> planned on crying for an eternity over Marvel, so I'm good. I can, I, yeah. I got this. Um, oh, yeah. But I, I don't know. I just... And again, back to the fandom. Like, I cannot put into words how grateful I am for them for the energy that they exude because Twitter is a toxic place, let's be real. Twitter is just, oh god, it's it's a cesspool of shit. It's horrible. Yeah. It's, it's a very ugly place 90% of the time. But this fandom is... Why I don't like to go on it too much. <laughs> I don't blame you. This fandom is the light that keeps on giving. that, And I'm just so grateful that they are so fiercely devoted because there's not a single day where I don't see things that make me smile where I'm like, yes, they're still going. They haven't given up. And it's just, it's pure magic. And it's proof that fans have a lot of power and, but especially good power because, but back to what you and I were talking about, we've seen such ugly sides of fandoms that have driven people away that have been incredibly unkind to actors and actresses and and this fandom is not that way at all that the amount of light that they exude is just it's incomparable and truly I if I had the power and if I had the money I would find a way to give this show another season not even for me but just for their dedication because it's been Unlike anything I've ever seen. And I'm pretty sure I'm never going to see something like this in all my years of writing. I don't think there's ever going to be a fandom like this. And that makes me so sad that 
there's not going to be a fandom that's just this good and this kind. Like, Jenna, I kid you not, I have not seen one negative thing about a ship war. It's amazing. I, oh, all those ship wars. Can you imagine? Like, we've seen ship wars in even the tiniest fandoms I've seen a yeah, ship war. Yeah, it's just, it, it's insane. Like, we all like the same thing. Let yeah. everyone do what they want to do. And yeah. just enjoy it like i never understood hate no. for actors or writers like i i understand being frustrated with something believe me yeah do i understand being frustrated with something but i'm not gonna go send hate to these people yeah like it's just it's not worth it and it's like again just like you gotta celebrate what you love and i love hearing that about the sanditon fandom yeah. because it makes me like less worried to like dip my toes in the fandom yes and and I'm going to put this out there because I'm going to publicly put it out there so she can't back away. Not that she will. She said she's not going to back away, but still, now it's public. She, back in October when, she did this in my presence, so I got to witness this. She drew Sydney, and holy Jesus, what even? I don't know how someone has that much talent. Like, excuse you, who allowed you? Who allowed? Yeah. I, I try sometimes, you know. Who allowed you to be that it needs, talented? It needs a little more work, but it'll be out this weekend. I gotta finish one project, and uh, it's gonna be fan art time, guys. Blessed be, it's coming, and also gonna put this out there, but when the season is renewed, I want us to come back for episode-by-episode episode podcast, which will be just us completely losing our minds. and Twist my arm. I guess I'll, I'll have to, but so that's also out there. We'll hopefully do this. I believe in this show. I'm going to attach the petition in this bio. I'm going to attach, uh, there's something else I needed to attach. There's an Amazon tweet that if you have not retweeted, you should retweet. I'll also attach that. And both of our social medias will be attached. Um, so yeah, keep fighting for Sanditon and we will too. And yeah. Thank you for coming on, Jenna. All you're going to come you on for again. Having me. Because we've got more historical romance to talk about. Oh, yes. I will be back. So, if you guys like Bridgerton, come back for that too. But, uh, I'm excited. Yes. Come back for that if you guys are interested. And we will be back and keep your eyes peeled for Jenna's gorgeous artwork of Sydney. Oh, God. <laughs> Not ready. You're not ready. Uh, But thank you guys for listening. God bless. And bye. And stay sanitin.